We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 384. Our guest today is an author, and she joins us to talk about how she takes a break from her job as a financial controller to write creative stories about the horse world in the magical realm of Skyview Farm Adventures. Skyview Farm Adventures was really born out of a love for horses, chaotic life on the farm, and shared experiences with her daughters, and she really created this series to delight and inspire young readers who also love horses and animals as much as she does. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Angie Natale. Hi, Angie. Hi, Bethany. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how you first got started in the horse world. Uh, So it actually goes back a long way. Uh, When I was a teenager, all I wanted to do was ride horses, but nobody in my family had that horse bug like I did. Yeah. Um, So when I was a teenager, my folks finally relented and said yes to some riding lessons. And then unfortunately, my mom saw me take a really bad fall one day. And that was the end of my lessons until I was in college and I was unsupervised. And I went off and I just started um, riding with an academy in Andover, Massachusetts. So that was your like rebellious streak. (laughs) writing lessons again. (laughs) One of my rebellious Uh streaks, definitely. Yes, that's a great way to look at it. So then I rode off and on for years after college. And then shortly after I got married, I was in my mid to late 20s, um, was very fortunate to get pregnant fairly early in my marriage. And when my when my firstborn daughter turned five years old, I gave her a little stuffed horse and I said, so the little the little pony is is very special and he's very lucky. So why don't you hold on to him for the day and see what happens? And I, a few weeks before her birthday, I had run into a woman who gave horseback riding lessons and she wasn't too far from where we lived at the time. And so mid-afternoon, my daughter Ashley and I went to this woman's farm and the trainer brought out a little a little pony named Pinocchio. And um, my daughter thought that I bought her a pony for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) No, that actually wasn't the birthday present, but the riding lesson was. Oh, wow. And so, um, yeah, Ashley just absolutely fell in love with riding and everything about being in the barn and competing. She had an opportunity to start competing when she was five. And so she jumped at that and she is now in her mid-20s. Um, no longer competes because she aged out, but she still is in the equine industry. And then my other daughter, Gabby, who's three years younger than Ashley. So she would have been, she would have been two at the time that we went for that first riding lesson. Uh, she had, has never had a fear of horses. And while Ashley was taking lessons, she, Gabby would go and play with the stallions. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And somehow they all, somehow all of those horses knew wow. that this little girl 
was never going to harm them and so that they should never harm her. And I mean, it was a little unhinging as a parent to find that your, you know, your two-year-old was swimming around in the water trough with a stallion. But (laughs) but, yeah, so she also took to the whole horse world very early on. And she just has this very natural and beautiful connection with animals. They both do. Wow. How do you feel like being a mother and being an equestrian and obviously experiencing your equestrian life so much with your daughters. How do you feel like it's kind of like shaped your bond with them and with the horses? So as a mom raising two teenage girls, I mean, eventually they became teenage girls, right? um, Where a lot of my friends, A, told me early on that I was crazy to introduce them to such a dangerous sport. Mm. I thought, you know, they could just as easily get hurt doing almost anything else. Right. And so as long as there was care and guidance and the horses were as well trained as they could possibly be, I felt like this was a great avenue because the girls so clearly loved it. And because the three of us did it together all the time over the course of so many years, we have had an amazing journey um, and we have this incredible bond because of the horses And so where other families may have had issues raising teenage girls, Mm -hmm. I did not. And it's funny because my daughter, Ashley, and I were just talking about this yesterday. And we agreed that if it hadn't been for the horses, the teenage years could have been a lot more difficult. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting. That's so special. I feel like... um... I feel like being able to share something like that with your daughters, I'm I'm sure just made the whole experience really special. And, and obviously being a horse person myself, not having kids, but you, you know, just as an individual, how special it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm married to a non-horse person. Um, so I feel like having someone that close in your life that you do kind of like think that way. Do do you feel like, I know a lot of people say that it's being like a horse person or or being an equestrian is like in your blood. What would you say that for your experience with your daughters? Was it just, you know, pure exposure to being around it? What was your experience of your daughters taking up riding? So I think because the connection was so instant and they never... I mean, they were so young when I introduced them to horses and the whole horse world. They never really knew what my history with horses Mm. was until they got older and they started asking me, you know, mom, did you ride and did you, did you show and did you travel? Um, And so I have always said to them, you know what, you two are hands above any equestrian or any horsewoman that I will ever be just because they grew up with it. And it's so, it comes so naturally to them. So I would say to you, yes, part of it is in their blood, but part of it is also just a pure love for the animal and then a pure appreciation for the sport at whatever level you get involved at. So for us, where Ashley was the first one to truly start riding and training and competing, you know, she fell in love with that, that whole world when she was really, really young. Um, And she had, I mean, she had some obstacles that she had to overcome as far as, you know, trying to deal with nerves and 
does she really belong in this world? And, sure. you know, I, I think there's so many insecurities that we have as horse people. <laughs> um, and then for Gabby, it was, it was a very different journey, but she also ultimately ended up in the, in the show ring on a different circuit. Mm. She rode, Gabby rode the paint and pinto circuit. Cool. And Ashley rode the Morgan and open show circuit. Yeah. Um, and Gabby ended up going from small, just very local one day shows. Um, she ended up competing at Pinto worlds when she was 16 and she did all of that within the span of just like two or three years. Wow. Yeah. So um, for her, her journey was very, very different. But I think she she just like Ashley pulled so many amazing things out of her journey that still have meaning for her today mm-hmm. for both of them. You know, just as far as their confidence, their ability to assess the situation quickly, figure out what the right next step should be and then just still having that amazing connection with their animals yeah yeah does that answer your question definitely i feel like through these experiences and you know a desire to be more creative you started scavview farm adventures tell me about what inspired the series and how you've turned this creative outlet into a series of books So it's a bit of a long and windy tale. (laughs) Uh, So when I was in high school, I had this amazing English teacher who was also a published author. And I loved everything about English lit. And so she really encouraged me to write. And so when it was time to apply to colleges, I sat down with my dad and I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to pursue a career in writing or journalism. And I think he kind of scratched his head and he said, yeah, well, so that's not exactly what I had in mind for you. So (laughs) I think you should go to business school. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's not exactly what I had in mind. But off I went to business school. And I have to say, at the end of the day, kudos to my dad, because I've had an amazing career in the financial world. Uh, But I realized a few years ago that I that I really enjoyed the creative outlet And that's not something that I can get from my full-time job. So um, back in 2021, I had offered both of my daughters something. And it was Ashley who took me up on my offer. And I had said to both of them, listen, when you're ready to put down roots, let me know. I will sell whatever home it is that we have at the time. We'll use it for seed money and we'll buy a large parcel of land. We'll bring all of our horses together. In, into one barn again. And mm. I said, um, I would really like to create a family compound for us. And I said, you know, let's be clear about something. I have raised both of you, but I no longer want to live with either one of you. So I would like my own home <laughs> on this family compound where I can see you, but then yeah. you, know, you can have your space and I can have my space and it'll be great. So Ashley had taken me up on my offer. I sold my home in Massachusetts. We eventually ended up finding this beautiful piece of land that we're on now up here in New Hampshire. Uh, And it was really this property that inspired me to start writing again. So we, we built our barn, we brought, I think it was four out of five of the horses up here. And it just, it just feels like such a special place. Like I said, it really is the, the inspiration behind the Skyview Farm series. That is so cool. T- tell me a little bit about the stories. How how did you come up with the ideas for the stories? 
And what do you hope readers gain from each story? <laughs> so uh, each story really is based on things that have happened to me and my daughters over the years. So the first story in the series is called Pony Parade. Um, and the, the horses escape one day while little Maggie is home by herself watching them while mom runs a quick errand. <laughs> and so in real life, I was standing here at my desk and I was working and I remember looking up and I was home by myself because uh, my daughter works outside of the home. And I thought to myself, oh, well, that horse looks really close. He shouldn't <laughs> look that close to me. And then I put on my glasses and I just about fell off my chair because he really was too close to me. And so I ran outside, realized that he has broken free of the fencing <sighs> and that he's happily trotting off down one of the hills. <laughs> I think, oh, oh, my God. oh, he's the only one that escapes and that's fine. But then the other two quickly realized that he was on one side of the fence and they were on the other. So they also escaped and they all went in different directions. And so I had to figure <laughs> out how to get them all safely back into their stalls uh, without losing my mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, so that's that was really the the background of story number one. Oh, I love it. Do you yeah. have like a favorite source of inspiration that was taken from another real life event? So, I mean, the horses are definitely a source of constant yeah. inspiration because you sure. just never know what they're going to do. And I think because the girls and I have so many years together with our horses between traveling and having them at home, having them stabled at other facilities. Uh, you know what? There is no shortage of stories and inspiration. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely no shortage. Oh, I love it. Um, your books have a cast of characters based on some of the very real animals that live on Skyview Farm. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about the animals and how you've kind of translated their real life personalities into interesting characters. <laughs> so I will start with Expo. Um, so Expo is a Morgan. He's Ashley's retired English pleasure show horse. And so when he was a show horse, he was definitely an adrenaline rush, which I think Ashley loved and hated all at the same time. But now that he's retired on our little farm up here, for the first time in his life, he is alpha. <laughs> wow. And he takes full advantage of that. Oh, yeah. Right. And so, so I try to bring that out in the stories. And I think that message and that personality definitely comes across. Dutch, who is our little mini, he's the one who has the lightning bolt on his hindquarters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that lightning bolt is real. That really is wow. there. Oh, cool. Um, he, we voted him most likely to escape the fencing <laughs> um, out of all of the horses in the little herd. And he, you know, he does not disappoint. <laughs> yep. It was one day he was inside the paddock. And then the next time I looked, he was well outside of the paddock area. And I just thought, why and how? Yeah. How did he, how does he get out? Um, so we had temporary, we had electric fencing for a while um, because we weren't quite sure about uh, some of the things that we were building in and around the barn. And so we didn't want to put up per permanent fencing until we were a hundred percent sure of the sure. layout and what we were going to do. And so I remember standing at my desk one day and I was on a meeting, I was on a zoom call and I remember looking up and Dutch was putting his foot through the electric fencing. Uh. 
And, and I thought, oh, that's not going to work. And I tried really hard to pay attention to what was going on in my meeting. Right. You know, and then out of the corner of my eye, I could see him bringing his foot back into the, that where it belonged. And when he realized that nothing bad happened when he put his foot through the fencing, he did it again. But this time he sent his whole body through the fencing. Oh my gosh. And I thought I had muted my Zoom call, but I didn't. Oh, and of course. I went running out of the house and down to the field and apparently everybody on the meeting could hear me and they also heard all of the dogs who were no very way. excited about this new adventure oh yeah it was great <laughs> and so I eventually get Dutch back in I come back in into my office area my zoom call is still going on and you know I step back in front of the the camera and I say I'm so sorry about that interruption and everybody looks at me and they say is Dutch okay did you get him back oh. and that's when I realized I'm like no I'm so oh professional. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Whoops. So, yeah. so Dutch is an inspiration all by himself. That's totally. all I can say about that. Uh, that is so cool. <laughs> Purchasing an international horse is a big investment. You deserve a dedicated partner that can really streamline the process and help you avoid overpaying unnecessary bank fees and high currency exchange rate markups that inevitably come with buying a horse overseas. GPS Capital Markets is here to help and they have decades of experience helping clients from the equestrian industry specifically. Amidst the recent backdrop of inflation and uncertainty in the world, the Euro has steadily grown more expensive, but GPS is here to help. For more information about GPS and the services that they offer, visit their website at www.gpsfx.com or call their industry specialists at 714-414-5821 for the best way to save money and time when you need to send foreign currency. All right, let's get back to the episode. If you could step into the shoes of any character from your series for a day, who would it be? And what would you love to experience or explore in their stories? So the difficult thing about that question, Bethany, is that the main character, Maggie, is a combination of mom, Ashley, and Gabby. Oh, uh, cool. And so I tried to roll the best of all three of us into her character. Yeah. And then the other character that plays opposite Maggie is mom. And so she's clearly based on me and my beliefs and mm -hmm. my view of my relationship with my daughters and our animals. And so I feel like I step into those shoes every day. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. I love that. As you are kind of juggling a between a professional career and a passion for creativity and your property, um, I'm sure it can be challenging to balance it all. How do you find the balance between your, you know, your different roles in life right now? I don't. I have <laughs> never yeah, that's, in that's my entire so life been good at balancing. <laughs> and I have to say, it's something that I definitely struggle with. And so... I love the series. I love the team that I've been able to build around the series. Mm. Um, I think the support from them and just from people who have looked at the books and bought the books and brought them into their lives, like all of that has just been overwhelmingly positive and is, is so rewarding for me. Mm -hmm. So I love all of that. Um, and, 
you know, my business life is my business life. I do have my own company um, where I offer CFO services to small businesses that would not normally be able to keep a chief financial officer on board. Cool. And so I've been doing that for about 25 years. So it's also rewarding, but not as rewarding as it used to be, if we're going to be mm. completely honest about this. So like I'm in my mid fifties, right. And I'm closer to the end of my professional career than the beginning. So as I watch the series evolve and as I watch people really kind of embrace the messages that I'm trying to share in each story, I see I see a path or an avenue where I could slowly over the years wind down one business mm-hmm. and um, waddle off into the sunset with my books yeah. and my animals in tow. Yeah, that's exciting. That's so great. What would what is it? I'm I'm sure this is also not um, something that is consistent, but what is a, a typical day look like for you? Oh, that's great. Um, okay. So generally I'm up by, between five and five 30 in the morning. Um, I enjoy a cup of coffee by myself before the rest <laughs> of the household starts to starts their day. Ashley and I, unless her plans change or mine change, we always go down to the barn together to feed, feed the horses, let them out and then do their stalls. And it's just, you know what, even if we don't say anything to each other, it's just a really great time every day for my daughter and I to connect. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And then um, she goes off and works at the farm where she works. And then her now husband goes off to work as a diesel mechanic. You know, and then I have the day to myself here in the house, but it's generally head down, buried in numbers. Yeah. And, I, and then I try to, I try to filter in book related activities throughout the day as mm-hmm. well, right? And then they come mm-hmm. home at night. Ashley does all the cooking, which I find wonderful. So I've not actually cooked a meal since May of 2021. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That part's awesome. And then you know we we go down, we feed the horses at night, we do night check together, we joke around about adopting more animals. Mm. Um, much to her husband's dismay. Sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. As as someone, you know, listening who has entered the equestrian industry and um, ventured into um, or wanting to venture into something creative, like what advice would you give them? Maybe they feel like they're a little confined by their current careers and they're wanting that creative outlet. So I think if there's something that you truly love, And for me, it was really writing. Writing has always been something that I've turned to off and on over the years since high school. And like I said, now I'm in my mid fifties, right? I think the older we get, the more we believe that we can do something and we should do something because, you know, really our time here is, is limited. We never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so I think if there's something that you're passionate about or something that you believe in, or even if there's something that you're just curious about, absolutely pursue it. So like when I started the writing process for Skyview Farm Adventures, I had a manuscript that I sent off to an editor because Ashley said to me, mom, you need to see this project through. 
And I thought, oh, okay, that's all the push I needed. And so I found an editor that I absolutely love working with. And she got back to me fairly quickly. And she said, so uh, right now you have nothing. I mean, she was very kind about it and very professional. But the short the short message was, you have created nothing at the moment. And so we had some very honest conversations about, you know, what is it that you wanted to do with the stories, Angie? And I really, I had to go back and give it some hard thought. And that's how I ended up with a five book series. We took my original manuscript and we broke it down into shorter, more meaningful stories. So I guess the the whole point here is, Bethany, that I didn't know what to do after I wrote the story. Hmm. You know, I really had to find somebody who had a lot of experience in the industry that I wanted to become a part of and trust her to guide me in the right direction, which she absolutely did. And when I asked questions about, you know, are are these stories viable? Am I on the right track? Should I pursue this? We had really honest conversations about that. And then I just kind of slowly, step by step, followed the process. Um, I found an illustrator that I loved. Mm. You know, I found a book designer that did a great job just putting the final finishing touches on each book. I found a print house in the United States that that was was really willing to work with me and help me understand the entire process of going from a PDF to, you know, books in hardcover and softcover wow. and how to distribute them. And yeah, so I think if you're passionate, interested or curious, any of the above, just take those baby steps and, mm-hmm. and figure it out and follow it through. Right, right. Because you know what? A year ago, Bethany, my life did not look like this. Hmm. And I think I think I am in a much better place now because of all of those little baby steps. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's great advice. What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the horse world that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? So, I mean, for me... For me, um, helping animals and animal rescue has always been a really huge part of who I am Hmm. and who my girls are. And so we have a couple of rescue dogs. Sometimes they drive me crazy, uh, but I really do love them. Yeah. You know, we do have a little, we rescued a miniature horse named Splash earlier in 2023. He's only two and a half years old. And I have to say he is one of the most amazing animals I have ever met. Despite everything that has happened to him in his short little life, wow. he is so kind and trusting. Um, Ashley's teaching him how to drive. So something oh. he's never done before. He cool. willingly, you, you know what? He he willingly gave her everything she asked for. And now wow. Ashley and I both like wobble around our fields with him in a, in a cart. And it's just, it's amazing. So I Oh, and then one of the books that we didn't talk about is called The Cookie Jar, and it's a book all about dog rescue, community, and empathy. And so when you ask me where my inspiration comes from, it really does come from the animals that we Mm -hmm. rescue and the animals that share our lives with us. So I would say if there is room in your heart and your home for an animal, I really encourage people to consider the rescue option. Mm -hmm. You know, it. In the beginning, it can be a really difficult road because you don't know the backstory. You don't always know what you're going to end up with. But one of our dogs, Daphne, was a rescue. I think we brought her home from Tennessee. 
probably eight or nine years ago now. And when she first came home to us, she was so scared. She would only just walk the perimeter of any room that she was ever in. Really? You could never, she would never feel comfortable if there was a man anywhere near her. She eventually learned to trust me and my daughters. And now she is one of the friendliest dogs I have ever met. Like I love taking her out in public with me just because she's, you know, she's happy. She's easy to be around. There's really not a mean bone in her body. Um, But it took her some time to learn to trust, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think animals and humans are a lot alike that way, right? We all have bad experiences um, and we have to, we have to learn to figure out how to get through those and continue on and look for the best in people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really great point and definitely something to continue to shed some light on. Do you have any favorite places that you look for rescue options or do you just have your local favorite spots so little splash our miniature horse came to us through home at last farm and rescue okay and they have foster farms and families i want to say they're around new england or on the eastern seaboard so we live in new hampshire little splash was being fostered up in china maine which was a few hours from us. And they did a phenomenal job. And the woman who runs the rescue is, you can tell she's so devoted to what she's doing and she truly believes in rescue. Um, And so sometimes rescues are hard, right? They don't always end with a happy ending. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's part of rescue. Sometimes you have to do the right thing for the animal, which isn't necessarily the easiest choice to make. Right. Sometimes it's better for the animal to to give them a dignified out. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, so I, I have a lot of respect for Home at Last. I think they've been amazing to work with. Um, and the next time I have an open stall, I would definitely reach out to them first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then cool. New Hampshire SPCA is where one of our rescues, Dougie, came from. There's another rescue down in, t- in Tennessee that we got our rescue Daphne from that I told you about. And I know that there are lots of amazing rescues in the area. I don't know all of them yet, but I'm mm-hmm. hoping to to meet more and, and work more with them um, because, oh, so one thing we didn't talk about is, so with the book series, part of my business model and part of my intent behind the series always had been to donate a portion of the profits back to organizations in need. Yeah. Oh, great. So, yeah. So over the course of the last five months or so, um, I'm really happy with the donations I've been able to give back because of the book sales. And so uh, that also feels really meaningful to me. Uh, Not surprisingly, uh, there have been a lot of rescues on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Well, Angie, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and sharing your story. I think what you have put together, um, you know, in your life, but then also creatively through your books is so inspiring and so fun. And I just thank you for taking the time and I wish you all the best. Oh, thanks for chatting with me. I really, I love talking with you. Thank you, Bethany. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.